Hello and welcome to In the Days of Noor with me, Noor, where we talk about Islamic related topics and social issues. So as I'm sure a lot of you are aware of, there's been so much activism around the killing of George Floyd and a lot of other police brutality incidents that have been happening around the country. And it's really been powerful to see people from all over the world really standing up to protest about this killing. Now, Allahu Alam, why this killing has caused so much uproar across the world, right? You never really know. And as the saying goes, God works in mysterious ways. And so we really don't know how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to manifest any particular change in society. And it could possibly be because his death was so brutal The police officer put his knee on his neck, I believe. I didn't actually watch the video, but I'm sure we've all heard it described many, many times. And stayed there for eight minutes, I believe, until the man died. And he said, I can't breathe. He was calling out for his mother. It was just an altogether tragic incident, and it certainly didn't have to happen. There's no reason that it occurred in that way. And so it's a tragic death and people are rightfully upset about what happened. Now, what I want to talk about very specifically is the way that black women in particular should respond. And honestly, I should also talk about the way Muslims should respond as well. I've been putting off writing about it, even though I've spoken about the issue all over the place on Instagram, uh, Hunter MSA invited me to speak along with Imam Dawood and another Imam on this issue. So I've definitely spoke about how we should respond. Maybe I'll revisit it at the end of the episode. But I wanted to talk about black women in particular, whether Muslim or non-Muslim. And this is something I actually spoke about two years ago. Um, I don't know what was the specific incident two years ago. Sadly, there's always something. It's just a matter of are people paying attention or not. And with the recordings that have been happening in the past couple of years of people recording these incidents, then of course they get more prominence. But the reality is they're, they're always happening. They're probably happening every single day in this country of people being mistreated by the police. But the position of black women is, it's quite unique, as Malcolm X said very long ago, and many people know this quote, that black women are the most unprotected in society. And that is an unfortunate reality, but I think it's important that we acknowledge reality, however unfortunate it is, and work within it. I know that some people are more idealistic and they would rather deal with the problem and change the problem head on. And that's fine. I think that's important to do. But I think there also has to be some of us that just looks at what is actually happening and responds to, figures out the best way to respond to the reality while others may want to deal more with the ideals of what they would like to see happen. And so I share this on my Instagram page today, and this was the life of a young woman that was taken. They have now found her body, 
And this young woman was working on the front lines for Black Lives Matter. She was protesting. You can see her with a bullhorn in her hand. She was on the front lines trying to work for justice, in particular for Black men, but these shootings have affected Black women as well. Uh, Breonna Taylor is a woman who was killed in her sleep, in her bed. There were cops who busted into her home and, and shot up her home. Um, so so this does affect Black women also. I believe there's Corinne Gaines. There was uh, Sandra Bland. There are other women who have also been affected. So it's not just about men, but men are definitely on the forefront of the movement. And Allah Alam, but probably more affected. Now, I have seen just a headline of research that says Black women are more affected. It's hard for me to believe that, but obviously that's not a matter of belief. I would just need to look at the data. And it would be a really harsh truth to to swallow if it was the case that Black women, in fact, were more affected by police brutality. But Allahu Alam, I haven't gotten a chance to, I have not looked at the research yet. So this young woman, she was on the front lines and she needed a place to stay. This man, a black man, offered her a place to stay and then proceeded to sexually assault her. The tragic thing, I mean, it's all tragic, but a part of the tragedy is that she had told this man, she had revealed to him that she was sexually assaulted before and then he proceeded to sexually assault her as well. The the strange thing is that I read about a story just like this only a week or so ago. And the story was older, but it was of a woman also in the Black Lives Matter movement who was sexually assaulted by one of the leaders of the movement. And it was a very similar situation. That woman, it was closer to what we would say date rape. It did seem like she went out. She went on an outing with him. It wasn't clear if it was supposed to be a date. They went back to her home. He tried to, so she did reveal to him that she had been sexually assaulted, possibly even raped before. And they went back to her home and he tried to, you know, move towards her, sexually advance towards her. She refused. And at some point she fell asleep. I have no idea if he drugged her or what happened, but she woke up and was in a compromising situation with him. He had sexually assaulted her. And it's just so tragic because obviously there are people who you may feel comfortable with and feel comfortable to share those sort of tragedies of your life. And it's really sickening to know that something like that is used against you, um, either used against you or that they harm you in spite of it. We can't go into someone's mind, but it's really sad to know that in both of these cases, they revealed to men that they presumably trusted that they had been sexually assaulted in the past and those men proceeded to do the same thing to them. And, you know, I don't want to be too much of an alarmist, but I think there is something, and I also, I don't, I never want anything I say to be mistaken for victim blaming, even though I know some people are going to take it that way anyway. But what I feel is is important is that we as women empower ourselves and never put blinders on to the reality of our situation, which is what I began um, talking about. We would like to think that because a man is our friend, we can reveal these intimate details of our life with him. But the reality is 
there should always be lines. There should always be lines when it comes to the gender, the um, the genders. There's a level of comfort that, to me, you should never feel with a man. Maybe with a man in your family, you can have a certain amount of comfort. Hopefully, in a marriage, right, with your husband, then there can be full comfort. But with a man who is a friend, there always has to be lines drawn. Alhamdulillah, in our religion, we are told that there should be boundaries, right? We there there can be a closeness in one's relationship with someone of the opposite sex, but that's very different than actually allowing for certain boundaries to be crossed. So particularly physical boundaries, so letting a man into your home, letting him be with you in any sort of private setting is a danger and I'm sorry but it doesn't matter how nice that man seems you know and this doesn't only happen to non-muslims let's be honest this has happened in our communities so we all as women have to be cautious and even though in an idealistic world to me men are protectors and providers and not people we fear but people who look out for us you know, but you know what? Even in that idealistic world, there's still going to be a few bad apples. There's still going to be a few men who don't do that. And then we hope that those protective forces will, will be there, at least in the aftermath. But you still, as a woman, whether you're in some kind of idealistic scenario where you do have men who are protecting and providing or you're not, for us as women, for ourselves, we have to protect our own selves and a part of that is not letting men into our intimate spaces. And to me, that's not just physical, but also mental. And at, at the very least, even if you decide to cross that mental boundary and let a man know something like this, that you've been sexually assaulted or raped. And obviously there are scenarios, like if you're talking to a psychologist and, and we mentioned uh, a family member already, if you feel that level of comfort, the physical boundary should still be there. It should always remain there. It's just the reality of a man's body is that if it's just you and him alone and he attempts to overpower you nine times out of ten, they're going to win, you know, quote unquote. And so I really just want us as women to protect our bodies. And it's unfortunate that someone who's on the front lines of Black Lives Matter, of course, she would probably have that trusting nature with other Black people in general because she's fight, she's on the front lines fighting for Black people against the quote-unquote common enemy of state authority or some might even say white people in general. But that's, you know, that's not, that's not reality. The reality isn't that you can just trust anyone who is Black. I mean, I'm not I don't want to get too much into the black-white thing, but obviously it's also not true that you can't trust people who are white, but that's a whole other That's a whole other thing. Um, so, again, this is not me wanting to victim blame, but as women, we have to be careful. And unfortunately, sadly, nine times out of ten, you can't accept that ride from a male stranger. Nine times out of ten... You can't accept his offer to stay at his place. As Muslims, you know, we have this that extra filter where we wouldn't do that anyway. Um, but it's still important to remind ourselves, as we said, this has happened 
with Muslim women also where they cross that boundary of whether trusting someone that they're talking to or trusting a sheikh and the lines still get crossed because human the human nature that underlines there um sometimes it overpowers and as women i think at times we're not as good at at um reading men in some ways because it, as women um and i've seen casual surveys done like this i don't i think the data has been the same but allahu alam as women it's very easy for us to believe that a male friend is just a friend that's the only way we see him as a friend whereas for that man he may also see the woman as a friend but in his head if the opportunity ever came to be intimate to have a romantic relationship he would take it so sometimes we think we're on the same page because outwardly that's what's happening but inwardly you don't know the desires of the other person and so you have to be extra cautious so this young woman sadly was killed now we don't know if it's by the same man but we know that she was sexually assaulted by him she tweeted about it and then she was missing and they recently found her body i'm just going to read two tweets about it inshallah so her name um maybe she was african her name were african uh you know heritage and her parents are african whatever it is her name is Oluwatoin or Toyin Selu. So it sounds like an African name, and her nickname was Toyin. Rest in power, Angel. This is someone's tweet. Justice for Toyin. After tweeting about her sexual assault, she went missing for several days, and her body was recently found. She was only 19. She was only 19. Another tweet. And you can read this on my Instagram as well. You can see the tweets on my Instagram. This hurts different. She was so vocal and tweeted about her abuser. She was an activist who was at every protest. She was a baby, literally 19. No one looks out for black women. All of this to say I'm beyond heartbroken. Justice for toying. This is a very sad, a very tragic story. And when we look back and say, how could this have been prevented? It's unfortunate when you're in a community where the men generally are not protecting and looking out for the women. Now you have to ask, why didn't she have a place to stay? How is it that someone on the front lines for us as a people doesn't have a place to stay? How is that possible? And it reminds me of an incident at the, um, it was like a black Muslims conference and I was on a panel and I remember a, an older woman standing up and she said she was so disappointed because when she left the conference, it was like a three-day conference, when she left the conference that day, none of the men asked to assist her back to her hotel. No one assisted her. And it broke my heart because here we can talk about the theories, we can talk about what the solutions could be and way forward, you know, ways forward, et cetera, et cetera. But if something so basic as looking out for our elders and men looking out for women in general is not instilled and not happening, how can we really say we have a community? The women of this community should be able to depend 
on the men of the community. We as a whole should care. And I'm not saying that a woman couldn't have looked out for her. That also would have been good. But in a general sense, men should look out for women. And, you know, I shouldn't have to explain the basics of why, but the most obvious thing is that they are physically stronger. If there's a male attacker, they can better fend, uh, fight them off than the woman, etc. So even if a woman, you know, walked her, okay, well, then the woman has to walk by herself to a hotel. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm saying that the first priority should be for men to take care of that. And we can't talk much about having a community if that's not happening. And in all honesty, uh, I wrote this in my book. This is not an essay I've published yet. I think I wrote something like this on Facebook years ago when there was a young woman who she was with a a group a mixed group of men and women and it was during the ramadan so they went somewhere to like a denny's or something and this man just began attacking them with you know random islamophobic attacks and they all ran away and this young woman she slipped on her jilbab and she fell and no one turned back to get her. No one helped her. None of the young men, I will say very specifically, helped her. And and I don't, let me, that is how I recall the story. If I'm wrong, may Allah forgive me. But at some point, she was left alone. And that man, I believe, both raped and killed her. May Allah have mercy on her and give her genital for those and forgive her of her sins and have mercy on her family. And I said after that incident, and I deeply believe this, that no woman should go anywhere unless she is 100% certain that the men she's with will protect her. And, and by anywhere, I mean particularly in sensitive situations. So somewhere like a rally or going anywhere at night or going somewhere, uh, I don't want to get too extreme. I was going to say going somewhere far. That depends. That depends. It, it depends on what it is. Or probably, I'll stick with those two. Going anywhere late or going somewhere that where there's a possibility of inherent danger. I think you go only if you know with 100% guarantee that the men are looking out for you. So my niece was recently at a rally in Hamdila. She did an excellent um, speech there. And this was a rally put on by her father. And I think I think that, I think it was a Muslim rally or Muslim-led rally, I'm not sure. But that's at least a situation that I can feel safe. I'm not her mother, of course. I can't demand or command where she goes. But at least I feel safe in knowing that my niece is in a rally, that her father is not only there, but is the organizer. And it was funny because she wanted to go to another rally and alhamdulillah, her parents said no, with all the craziness happening. Um, our first priority as women should be to protect our own selves. And it's unfortunate that in the black community, this, this has been my observation, that the roles are almost reversed and black women feel like they should be protecting the community. And I understand why, because you see these incidents of police brutality and it usually is, at least in the media, that the face of that is black men. So I understand why. But the reality is that men cannot protect women. And if not only, excuse me, women cannot protect men. 
And that reality in combination that, as Malcolm X said, black women are the most unprotected, your only choice is to protect yourself. If you don't protect yourself, you are left unprotected. So again, this is not to blame this young woman, um, Toyin, and my apologies if I'm getting her name wrong, but it's beyond tragic that all the effort she put out to speak up about these issues affecting the black community and men in particular, and she couldn't even get a place to stay that was safe. She couldn't even be protected from sexual assault. In the, in the end, she ends up murdered. So so what's the... I'll repeat, black women should really look out for themselves. If we were in a society, community where we were generally protected by the men, maybe we could then feel safe. Like the example of my niece going to a rally that is organized by her father and her father is there and leading it. Then in that situation, I understand feeling safe. But you're at a protest organizing for the black community and you don't have a home to go back to. You are in a vulnerable situation and it's so sick of that man to take advantage of her. She should have been given protection. There should have been there should have been men, which is what this man I'm sure seemed to be. There should have been a man or men who were going to protect her, who were going to provide for her, who were going to say, you know, we see you at all these these protests. Do you have a ride home? Do you have a place to stay? Maybe we can pay for the hotel nearby or maybe you really shouldn't be out here because, you know, let's let's help you out. Let's help you out. And no one did help her. And so she was left vulnerable to this man who took advantage of her. And it's just so sad. And, you know, there's nothing we can do to bring her back. But I hope that other women will look at this and think twice about being on the front lines when you yourself are not protected. Thank you all for listening. And inshallah ta'ala, don't forget to follow me on social media. Essentially, all my social media is either at Nuradine Knight or at Fig and Olive Blog all over the place. Thanks for listening and take care.